This is the Dan and Christy podcast. Dan and Christy. The Aussie Deluxe Angus is back at Macca's. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yum, yum, yum. We're doing this. It's Dan and Christy. Monday, Monday. Oh, you ain't got none unless you got puns, hun, especially <laughs> on a Monday. It's a boring day, probably the most boring out of the week, so we do puns. We today. thought, yeah, totally, let's make mm. Monday our fun day. I mean, look, let's be honest, this is a silly game. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's fun, silly, though, and we want to have fun with you. If you think of anything when we start to play this game, 13, 10, 60, get involved on the show. Mm-hmm. Basically how this works is this. We have a celebrity and then we have something topical. So combine yep. something topical with any celebrity you can think of. And we were trying to think of something that's topical at the moment. We did tennis last week. And so we thought... Yeah, we had oh. some good ones too. <laughs> tennis the Menace, Tennis Committee. <laughs> you can have those playing at home. They're the greatest form of humour, puns. Our gift to I you. So. Dan loves puns. Mm. I love puns anyway. Mm. So this is our Monday game. And we thought, let's let's do summer and celebrities. So summer and celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got any of you ready to rock and roll? Who wants to go first? Uh, you can go first if you like. You want me to go yeah, first? Yeah, why not? I'll, right. I'll put a drum roll against it. <laughs> you ready? This is the worst pun in history, all right? Okay. But go with, he's the Australian singer and he's seen better days. Heat Murray. <laughs> very, very good. Thanks. Pete Murray himself would love that. <laughs> I've been at a Pete Murray mosh pit too, too, and I almost died. Um, Falls Festival one year, and I don't know why I was in the front row for Pete Murray, but I was. Whoa! And everyone fell over, and nobody could get up. And I don't know, well, like, he's got the most laid-back contemporary yes. stylings too. It's like, I think you're so beautiful. And it just, everyone just couldn't get up. That's and just unbelievable. In the mud. Hey. Yeah. I, I told him that at the Arias one year and he did not give two rats. <laughs> and I don't think any listener does. Anyway. All right. You ready? Go. The star of Ben and Jerry Maguire, because it's summer, <clears throat> Barber Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Jeezy's he's been into bad films good. too. Cuba Gooding Jr. Hasn't Cuba Gooding Jr. Though, mm. as far as I'm Snow concerned, dogs. is the best actor that's ever walked the planet. Really, he's amazing. Even in Jerry oh. Maguire, Cuba Gooding Jr. He won an Oscar. He's for great that. in that. But then he just had a follow up of about ten just absolute flops. <laughs> Have you seen Pearl Harbor and what Team yes. America do about it? How they're saying how Ben Affleck sucked, but yeah. how good Cuba Gooding Jr. was in he Pearl was Harbor. Good. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, but then that's the only two good films he's ever been a part of. <laughs> All right, I got right. one. Speaking of movies. He is the star of Liar Liar. It's the one and only Swim Carry. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> nice swim eyes. Carey. Well, you know, you swim in oh, summer, the, don't you? You couldn't see the roll of the eyes, but everyone could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> swim Carry. I get it. No, I get it. It's really funny. Thanks. It's really, all right, here's, oh, here's my last one. Bring us home, go. All right. This better be funny, too. Yeah, There's no pressure. All right, here we go. The star of Face Off and Con Air. Or is it aircon over summer? Pick Nicholas Cage. Because <laughs> it's picnic. Yeah, all right. I like that. That brought it's us okay. home. Can we have that my, one as well? My, this is my worst one. Oh. Uh, I did write this. Um, director of Thor Ragnarok, take a bikini. That <laughs> <laughs> fun feeling in the morning. With Dad and Christy. Congratulations, Australia. Let's give ourselves a round of applause because we have taken out the number one spot. Australia is the number one addiction with something pretty cool. I'm totally addicted to sex. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thanks, Josh Abrahams. 
Australia. Uh, we are. We are. Mm. Australia is the most sex-addicted country in the world, according Whoa. to a spicy news study that found people that live here, well, in no surprise, really, have a bit of an addiction to sex. Right. Um, I feel like Australia just has an addictive personality in general. You know? Yeah, there's worse things to be addicted to, um, uh, as long as it's consensual and uh, all good. But, of course. Yeah. And we're third most drug addicted. Gambling, uh, mm. we're pretty bad too. Yeah. So we're the third in gambling. But sex, uh, the most addicted country in the world, they're saying. Uh, Everyone in mm. Australia is having a lot of fun. That's right. They're totally addicted. <laughs> totally addicted to That's the best opener we've ever made, by the way. But uh, who does this study? They're just analysing factors and behaviours. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Over, I think it was a, a thousand people surveyed. There's a survey for everything. There yep. really is. But um, We I got was, a high score. Yeah, we, we got a high score. I was not surprised by this. Yeah. i got to be honest. Australia taking out the top spot for the most sex-addicted country in the world. I mean, I said country just then, everybody, by oh, the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me clarify. I, like the first bit of that, <laughs> first half. But we're highly addicted. Um, so we're saying, uh, yeah, like a lot of sexual partners too per year um, and 13 partners per year is what average everyone has. Okay. Which is nuts, really. Well, you know what? There's a bit of that in there Everyone's too. making love and having fun. I mean, we are an island by ourselves pretty much. Mm. I mean, New Zealand's pretty close to us. Good morning to our New Zealand neighbours and stuff like that. They have the Velcro gloves on and they're more animals <laughs> than anything. <laughs> Uh, mint sauce isn't aftershave, all right? I'm talking about sheep. Uh, but anyway, but it can be a difficult thing to navigate if you are addicted to sex. No, and, and you can take it seriously too because some people are just, uh, like my ex, for example, would just fall into the bathing suits of other men all the time. <laughs> and and it was very, very annoying. But, yeah, uh, I bet. You know, it's, uh, it's tough. Don't put uh, too much pressure on yourself. Well, actually, and putting all jokes aside, um, mm. people that do have problems with this, because I want to mm. touch on that quickly, um, people do have problems with addiction to sex and it causes a lot of, a lot mm. of grief. Uh, David, De- I can I can never say his surname correctly, but the actor from X Files, David Duchovny, yeah, yeah he was very open about addiction that he had to, to sex and things like that, and needed a lot of counselling and had to work his way through it. He did the show Californication, which was all about it, <laughs> yeah. um, but probably I, I, didn't help matters. But it's a, a funny thing, like about the mindset of sexual relationships and stuff. Like it's a bit taboo, but like embrace it, enjoy it, accept it, because you know I've been abstinent for the last <laughs> fifteen years. The Aussie Angus Deluxe is back at Macca's. Chasing up owed money. Have you got a story about when you've had to chase people up for money? Mm-hmm. Can we just take a second to talk about how awkward it is? I haven't been in this position um, <laughs> asking for money uh, mm-hmm. for a long time, but I'm now going through this with Mama Deb. So right. Mama Deb is on a cruise at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Just living her best life. And she's loving a Moscato and she's having mimosas and Mama Deb's in her 60s and she's there with my stepdad and she's happy, right? Yep. But before she went away, because she lives with me and hubby Justin because my parents are building at the back of our property, Lucky us. Anyway, that's a different story. But um, she's on holidays at the moment, right? And she's got this dog called Tamsin. Now, Tamsin is this gorgeous little, I don't know, shoodle or poodle, just a cute little dog like our dog, Maui. Anyway, mm. mum organises for the dogs to go to the groomers, right? Um, yes. Wants to get groomers for the dog. So, 160 so you're looking bucks. after the dog. Yep. Looking after the dog. Mm. So, of course, we just take Tamsin to the dog groomers. Uh, and we just pay the 160 bucks. Mm. Um, now, normally I just... I'm not made of money and I just let it slide. And it's been a few weeks now. And mm-hmm. and um, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I do want to get this money back from mum because we've set up direct debit for stuff and it's come out of that. And I don't want to transfer it from savings. Like I've really prided myself to be financially organised because it's so bloody expensive at the moment, <laughs> right? Mm. So I send mum and Deb this message yesterday yeah. and, uh, and I say, uh, hi, mum, exclamation mark, <laughs> sound happy. 
I've Sounds said. happy, yeah. Good, good start. Exclamation <laughs> mark works. This is the problem. I negatively pitched myself. I did this thing. I'm like, I'm so sorry to be a pain, but would you mind to please transfer the dog groomer's money? Don't worry if you don't have it, of course. Haha, <laughs> there's no rush, but it would be great. I set up auto direct debit, etc., etc. Uh, lots of X's from me, so I didn't look rude. Yeah. And she just responds, right, I'll send the money now, full stop. No exes. Oh. I'm like, are you serious? Am I in trouble now for asking for money that nah, I Nah, that's just a boomer thing. They just they just leave like, yep, yeah. like, and that's all they write. She may as well have just given me a thumbs up. So or then I said... okay. <laughs> that's usually what Dad sends to me. Okay, that'll do it. It's that's, so they, They're no nonsense. You yeah, know? that's what I thought. And so I hmm. said, okay, thanks, Mama. I said, appreciate that. Um, sorry to be a pain. Are you having a great time? X, X. And then what she responds, how much do I owe you? Question mark. There's just no emotion. Ooh. And my mum is always exy and emoji <laughs> and just waste time with messages. Now, I don't know if I'm overthinking this whole she owes me money situation mm-hmm. thing, but this is why I don't ask. It's like, yeah, okay. I just, this is why it's not worth it. You know, just keep your 160 bucks. You've made it awkward. And now, you know, just take your dog to the, yourself. <laughs> take your dog to the grooming yourself next yeah. time. I, hate I would just shave the dog and then money. ask for the 160 myself. That wasn't a bad but idea. You have to be polite and respectful when asking for money. I'm always bad with it because I've I've been underpaid at times, and I just leave it. I'm just like, well, oh well, uh, you didn't pay me all the money I was owed, but <laughs> well, I just won't just say anything. That, yeah, I don't. just won't say a thing. There's yeah. some people though that are very good at it. Some yeah. people that have, and it's you can you can ask, always ask for money that you owe. You just do it with mm. a smile on your face. Hi, so and so, just letting you know you still owe me this. When can I expect it? Please? Yeah. Question mark. I would like to guilt trip people. Just mm. go. I've got a personal emergency. I've broken both my legs. <laughs> I need financial assistance. Can you please do it because it's ASAP? Because uh, right. otherwise you have to go and break their legs, and then you're in an episode of uh, yeah, Sopranos. Okay, Tony Soprano. Yeah, which does happen. And that's <laughs> the thing as well. It, can't, it gets to a point when you have to ask people for money that they owe you, where you mm. just. You actually feel stupid, like you're the bad person. When yeah. people change their attitude towards you, like I would prefer someone just said to me, hey, Chrissy, I totally know I owe you money. I've been avoiding you because I owe you money. I don't have it at the moment, but I love you. And in which case, I'd say... That would be nice. No worries, babe. That's all good. Just if you Give ever get money, it. Give me my money, man. Give me my money. But it's when people just ghost you or just change their attitude towards mm. you. You know what really annoys me? I know my mum has this money. How do yeah. I know that? She's on a frigging cruise going yeah. around the world. Exactly. You know? So, uh, Deb, pay up. thirteen ten sixty. I'm coming on that cruise to get you. But uh, maybe you've got your own stories. Uh, maybe you have a way of chasing up your money. Are you owed money? And and maybe it's been years too. Uh, we want to get your stories on air because there's plenty of people out there that you know uh, still owe money. And, and maybe you've got someone in the family that's notorious for never paying you back. Katie from Cobram. Now, um, when it comes to chasing up money, what's your story? Um, well, my husband done a couple of days' work for this orchard and the bloke didn't want to pay. He stopped working for him because there was a house on the orchard, said go and have a look. The bloke had moved out. Turns out the bloke was dead. Ooh. He's dead for a couple of months. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. Sadly. Yeah. yeah. So he, you know, a bit traumatised, stopped working. Mm. I had to take police out there. Mm. don't think the owner was very happy. Didn't want to pay. Didn't want to pay for work no. on an orchard. It is the hardest work on That's the planet. The worst work. I did it for one day. I mm. went out and picked lemons <laughs> and oranges in Gator in Queensland. Mm. And for six weeks later, I could not move my thumb. To fill up a tub, you only got paid like 100 bucks anyway. Like, it's the hardest work on the planet. So, mm. no, I bet your hubby wanted to be paid for it, Katie. So, no, he was like, just let it go. Who yeah. cares? Too much bullshit. And I'm going, well, we've got kids, we need this, and well, you've got to get back up to your normal job, which is three hours away. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. need the petrol. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, so what happened so, in the end? Did you chase him down? Yeah, in the end, after a few days of him stuffing me around and he's not there and sending his 20-odd-year-old son out mm. and all this crap, <laughs> then I just turned up a couple of days later after I'd said I'm not going to worry about it. Yep. And then caught him off guard and said, give me the money. Go, Katie. <laughs> Can you go and, and do that with my mum and dad, please, too, Katie? <laughs> It's a bit harder when it comes to family. Yeah, she's someone <laughs> in the Pacific they, Islands. The she's in Numea. <laughs> she's in the Fiji. <laughs> That's true. Well, thanks for the story, Katie. And Jared from Shepparton. Now, Jared, what's your story when it comes to chasing up owed money? Okay, so I uh, loaned a mate some money. He was a bit strapped at Christmas time yep. with the kids, and mm. I wanted to make sure that, you know, he wasn't upset and the kids wouldn't be upset at Christmas, so I give him about 400 bucks to get the prezies and Christmas all sorted for him, and... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, literally every time I sort of try to contact him, he's got a bit of attitude and he throws it back at me like, oh, it was for the kids and it was a gift. And I'm like, you rang and asked for the money. <laughs> you said that, you, you know, you'd pay it back. And I'm sort of oh. still sitting here waiting for it, mate. It's like, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, I just, and honestly, I just think at today's day and age, I think people literally, if you borrow money, pay it back. But at the same time, I think people are just literally being the exact opposite, making mm. it hard for people to ask for money. Therefore, people are just like, don't worry about it, just keep it. And yeah. they get what they want. That's the thing, Jared, too. And the sad part about that is you were actually being a really good mate to your mate. Oh, was trying to help out his kids. Exactly. Not, not so much him, but the kids, so that yeah. they had a great Christmas. And it sucks when this happens, when you're trying to be a good friend or do the right thing for kids. And he and starts then, gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, it'd be better if you just said to you, dude, look, I'm really thankful for what you did, but I just don't have it, hey, because you'd probably mm. be really understanding and supportive. Oh, well and truly, if he told me that he didn't have it for a couple of months, I'm like, mate, take mm. as long as you need, but at least you've contacted me, you've let me know your situation. Mm. But mm. don't just avoid me and not read my texts and messages and then when you do finally get a hold of me, it's like, don't don't get angry at me, mate. I'm only trying to help. Yeah, that's it. And thank you for the 400 bucks for Christmas, <laughs> mate. I do Take your taste buds to the tropics with Macca's. New pineapple fritters or new pineapple sundae. But hurry, they're only available for a limited time. Well, what about this? So a man has been arrested after Mm -hmm. allegedly having something very naughty in his possession at his home. But alongside naughty possessions that he had, he also had, kid you not, Dan, confiscated from him 74 boxes of Lego. Right. Lego. the most It's a lot. The most Mm. painful thing, I think, next to childbirth, right, because I've experienced that, is stepping on Lego. That's true. 74 boxes of Lego. Probably worse. Yeah, okay, it's not worse, but every time... I've seen both, and they're both (laughs) very on par. Yeah, sure they are. Lego, to me, stepping on Lego was when Mm. I just went to the kids' nut. You have too much Lego in the house. If you don't start playing with it, I'm going to put it in a box. I'm going to give it away. And so what did they do? They didn't start use it. So I just gave it away. I donated it. Yeah, okay. Get rid of the Lego. Maybe it's this is why the guy has it. 200 grand it was discovered on Tuesday. That's a lot of Lego. And uh, he's a 36-year-old man charged with uh, proceeds of crime. Um, he, he did have a lot of Lego with him. So. How do you feel about mm. Lego? Do you Could you, your girls like Lego in the house? Or where are we you at with the whole Lego thing? We bought a bunch of Lego for Christmas. And it just sits around in the lounge room and you step on it. Yeah. And so I did. I did the same as you. I just threw it out because I quite like, like Lego. It's beautiful, um, it, especially if you get a Millennium Falcon. That's one of my favourite and one of my uh, greatest. Like, it's, it's about 1200 bucks, but that's one of, like, the all-time bucket list things I want. Didn't we have a call about a year ago mm. from a lovely listener who said that she has, like, an entire room at her house... It's ded- impressive. ...dedicated to Lego. Mm-hmm. I think that's the criminal that we're talking talking about <laughs> and uh, maybe it took the police a bit of a while to piece the whole thing together bricks have both gone Jenny,
And I want to thank everybody. On Friday, Dan and I had a very emotional conversation. Uh, it was a conversation that I never wanted to have, but one that we need to keep having, where I talked about the devastating loss of my baby. My husband and I, Justin, was so ecstatically happy to fall pregnant. Um surprisingly fell pregnant, mm-hmm. had been trying for a baby for a very long time. And Justin and I are experiencing at the moment something that one in three women go through every single day in Australia, every five minutes, um, devastatingly, this happens. And it's a conversation that I believe needs to be normalised. It's very mm-hmm. hard to talk about. And I have no doubts it was very hard to hear on Friday when we did a break about it on mm-hmm. air. Um, but I, I do think that this is something that we need to normalise because it is unfortunately so common. Here's a little grab mm. of the chat that we had on Friday. It was like I just stopped being able to see the world. Mm. I didn't care if it was rainy or if it was sunny. I didn't feel it. It was like I'd lost my appetite. I didn't care what I ate. I didn't care it because I just couldn't taste it. I didn't care in truth if I was alive or if I was dead. Mm. It was the greatest grief I've ever experienced and so many women go through this. So many women do go through this. So many men go through this as well. Let me stress that on air too. I know that there's a lot of grieving fathers to be out there that experience this with their own partner and Mm. the pain and the grief that this causes. So I just wanted to take a second on air to thank you because ever since we had that conversation, Dan, which you did so beautifully on Mm. Friday, by the way, you were so beautiful when you held my hand while I got Mm. through that conversation. That was the Mm. hardest break on air that I've ever done working in radio. Oh, yeah. Um, To be able to talk about something like that is so hard to articulate, but it was really important to me that we did. Anyway, um, I just want to say thank you because I have had so many messages, and I'm not exaggerating when I say hundreds of people that have got in touch um, to tell me their own story, to tell me what they have gone through, uh, to to just, like I said, keep this conversation going. This is one that we didn't ever want to have, no. but it is one that isn't going away, and I wish that it was, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And so to Haley, who came up to me at our pool over the weekend, you know, mm-hmm. the local pool where I was swimming with my son, and she she it took me by surprise because I'm there just in mum mode and I'm undressing and getting my swimmers on, and she said, I just want to say thank you for for what you did on Friday by having this conversation and by normalising something that every single person goes through through in this Mm -hmm. country and all over the world um, because she had friends that recently experienced the same. So please know that you were not alone. I know exactly how you feel. If you need support, I encourage you to get to the website. It's miscarriageaustralia.com.au. But if you would also like to hear the full conversation that Dan and I had about my miscarriage, um, please download the listener app and search Dan and Christy. Dan and Christy. Dan and Christy on hit and one of Rock's longest love outfits. This is Big Riffs. It's Melt Your Face, heavy music. It's the queens of the Stone Age. Have a listen to this. Just the best, Songs to the Deaf, greatest album ever. And we have the privilege, the honour and the pleasure of hanging out with a bassist from the band Queens of the Stone Age, Quatsa, uh, Mike Schumann. Good morning. How are you going? Uh, good afternoon to you. Oh, yes. You're over in the <laughs> US. Whereabouts in the world are you? We're just connected on Zoom. Um, I'm in. I'm at home in Los Angeles. LA, City of Angels, Tinseltown, no, California. I love LA. Eh? Was there a couple of months, Mike, uh, I think back in August, and there was a freaking earthquake. You haven't had another one lately, have you? No, but you never know when one's around the corner. We're the the city of earthquakes, you know? Well, you're on a fault line, but the whole band was from Palm Desert in California. Take us right back. Like, how did it all start? Did you meet Josh Homme somewhere at, like, school, or were you just mates? Uh, Take us back for the very beginning of Queens of the Stone Age. 
Um, well, Josh is actually the only one from Palm Desert. You know, I've been in the band for 17 years now, so I'm a little bit younger. I mean, I would hope you'd notice from you know, my good looks how how much younger I am than everyone else in the band. Yeah, so Josh is, you know, the only original, original member, and he started the band, made that first record by himself, and, you know, and then got some of the guys like Nick and Mark, those dudes, to join the band, and Radar, Songs for the Deaf, you know, what became of it. The rest of us have been around for between you know 17 to 20 years which is crazy because i joined when i was 21 years old mm. and i was in a i was in like a local la punk band i toured in a van i did whatever and and i made a record with alan johannes and natasha schneider and they were playing bass and keys they were done touring and they said josh we're done uh but there's this young kid you should come check out came and played a few songs and they asked me to join the band and that was kind of it yeah brilliant but mike you were always a talented kid because don't sell yourself short either you were the kid in the wedding singer one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time can you tell us about about that, just for anyone who doesn't know, that you start alongside Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer? Yeah, I was a big star when I was a kid. <laughs> and, um, no, I, I just, uh, my, my, my dad was in, in the movie business and I grew up around it a bit. I was just like on set and they needed a, a nice Jewish kid and I filled, I filled that role. Quite nicely, but I'm not. I wasn't a child actor or anything like that. But I think I did a great job with the high five. I practiced for a couple of days, and I think I nailed it. <laughs> one take wonder. You get plenty of high yeah. fives from the mosh pit every single time. But you're one of the most beloved outfits out there. <laughs> what is it like being in the Queens of the Stone Age? One like when you get the call up from Josh Homme to go, hey, do you want to come and do some big riffs and heavy music? It must have been like line in the sand moment where you, your life just changes all of a sudden. Have you seen that uh, movie Rockstar or something like that? Yes, Mark Wahlberg. Mark yeah. Wahlberg. One of my face. I mean, not not as cheesy, and uh, <laughs> storyline much better. But but that's basically what it was. You know, I was 21 years old. Queens was one of my favorite bands, really my favorite rock band. And there I am, you know, in that band and touring the world. And and now we're here, and I'm so jaded and uh, couldn't care less. No, uh, <laughs> now you hate it. <laughs> no, but it's funny how like I mean, of course, it was the best. It, it changed my life. It's been my whole di- adult life in this band, and uh, that's all I really know. You got so much different styles and influences and it's kind of like robot rock and it's heavy and you're even actually like the band has actually changed the sound of the Foo Fighters for example like Dave Grohl took some time out to <laughs> hang out with Queens of the Stone Age and then just all of a sudden their music became heavier at the time um, yeah I mean no comment on that in this landscape when there's not many rock bands and at least rock bands that are to us doing it the right way like there's no right way to do it but you know we like to live in kind of the, the old school age and, and do it very authentically you know we play there's no tracks there's no click there's no nothing when we go play live so we like to keep it that way and there's it's not a lot there's not a lot of bands out there and it's really sad and, and we wish there were more because it would be better for all of us really so but we hope we we influence you know the young generations but from all the bald heads in our audiences I, I don't think that's happening right now <laughs> yeah I'm sure it is Mike and speaking of bands <laughs> Is there any any Australian bands that you're into? Tons. Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we I, I love King Gizzard, you know, we, and we just hung out with them recently in Boston. Um, of course, you know, I've been friends with the Tame guys for a long time. But then um, there's this band Gut Health that we're taking out on the road. I thought they were really, really great when I heard them. Pond we're taking out, which I really love. I mean, man, it's endless. But, I, you know, of course, like classic bands I can't even think of. But The Mavises, I think you were referring to, maybe Human Nature. Oh, no, that's a joke. It's a very uh, in-joke. Yeah, it's a very Darryl in-joke. Daryl Braithwaite. What is that? <laughs> What is that? Wait, wait, wait. What's the joke? I want to be in on it. All right, so have you heard the song Horses? It's like in Jerry Maguire, there's a remix. Surely you'd know the song Horses by Daryl Braithwaite. I don't think anyone in America knows Horses. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like your Toto's Africa. You like Toto, right? No. (laughs) 
Well, uh, Daryl Bright, if you're but listening. I did, but I did, I did spend some nights when I was a young boy with Steve Lukather. Um, oh, he's awesome. There you go. Very nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. And, and I want to know, from uh, Queens of the Stone Age, you've got such an eclectic mix of music over the years. What song goes off like a frog in a sock live? What's the one song that everyone just gets up and about to? I mean, of course, no one knows. I mean, it's the one song, you know, you go to play and it's like, you hopefully, hopefully there's all your fans that know your whole catalog and they want to hear that deep cut that you really want to play. But ultimately, some people just want to go have a good night and have a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that. And they want to hear that song that they know. Um, and so that's the one that really goes off. But lately, We've been playing it first so we can get it out of the way and then, and then play the stuff that we really, really want to play. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, um, you've provided some of the best rock ever and uh, thank you for being a friend to me over the years and really appreciate the time you've spared with us uh, and appreciate you, Mike Schumann, bassist from the Queens of the Stone Age. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. But we'll see you very soon. Let's talk about a total ash hole that I saw on the road this morning. <laughs> so that's what they're called, an ash, ash hole. hole. Yeah, that's the thing that you call mm. someone, apparently. If you are driving on the road and you see a car in front of you, which I did this morning, a ute mm. up ahead, threw out of his car window a cigarette butt. Oh, no, Seriously? you can't do that. Nah. That will cause bushfires. You don't want to do that. Absolutely. I'm mm. thinking to myself, what the hell is going on? Hang on a second. This is Australia in 2024. Are we still doing this? Are people still being reckless and throwing mm. cigarette butts out the window. They sure are. They really are. And I was so disappointed. I'm looking straight ahead because you know what it takes you a second because we drive to work in the dark and, Mm -hmm. and I see all this kind of flickering and I'm like, yep, that's the flickering of a cigarette butt, which so mm-hmm. the cigarette's not even out properly. I'm thinking to myself, you total ashhole, we are not doing this. Like, there's even a website, which I Googled when I got to work. No Is butts. It? Yeah, nobutts.com.au, and you can dob in someone. Right. You can literally make a phone call, 1300 662 For people that dob in, I mean, for, the, for people that do that and they, you know, flick their cigarette butt out the window, you can dob them in. So, have you got his license number? Yeah. I'm assuming it's a he. Yeah, well, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, mm. but no, the thing was, like, didn't remember the license plate number. No. Otherwise, I could have actually done something about it, and I actually probably would have. Mm. I'm not a dobber in any way, shape, or form, and you know that about me, Dan. I like, love to dob. I'm all for breaking the rules when you're not mm. hurting anyone or whatever, having a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, but this, I thought, was really uncool. You know, mm. we have Clean Up Australia Day, which happens first Sunday of every March, which is really good, and and it seems like we are really taking pride in our beautiful country, you know. Why would you throw mm. a cigarette out the window when... Mm. You know, we're taking care of this beautiful country of ours. People love going down to rivers to swim. People love keeping mm-hmm. our beaches clean, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it really irritated me. Really pissed me off. That's right. You ash hole out there. <laughs> 131060. Come on, have a talk to us, you cheeky butt brain. Dan and Christy. We're asking you, who stood you up? Because yesterday, I caught up with Ted. So, Ted Wilson, he's a wonderful friend of mine. We did radio together back in the day in Melbourne. Teddy. I uh, had a late night show. It was a very loose show. It was a it was about from uh, 10 o'clock till midnight. Oh, God, So we I had uh, all the truckies calling us. Um, so we used to discuss things like Shrek, um, maybe the top five farm animals of all time. Classic <laughs> radio. We were called Team Radio. So uh, awesome. I haven't seen Ted in probably about 10 years, maybe, about that. It's a so long it was, time to not see a friend. It's a long time with, between drinks. He's just had a little baby daughter with uh, his partner, Monica, called Gertie. I wanted to meet Gertie. Gorgeous. Yeah, the best the best baby ever. So placid, so nice. I uh, had a little bit of a cut. But anyway, I, I go to this place called the Salty Dog, and uh, it's a pub, and I turn up there at midday. He goes, oh, I'll see you at midday. Uh, we're going to have a great time and catch up. I'm like, yeah, th- this sounds great. So you haven't seen each other mm. for 10 years. This About is a long years. reunion yep. in the making. You yep. used to do radio together. That's He's right. He's so excited.
excited to see you. You've We're... ironed your shirt. <laughs> I ironed my shirt. I had a shower. I got ready. I did my hair. I got my kids ready. And then my wife wakes up and she goes, I can't be bothered coming along because uh, I, I can't get out of bed. And I'm like, that, that usually happens with Vibes. my wife. So I'm like, okay, maybe I won't bring the kids then because uh, they're annoying. So anyway, uh, midday rolls around. I rock up and he's there with his entire family with the reserved seats. And I'm nice. like, hey, good to see you, Ted. Reserved uh, for you. That's it. Uh, I meet his partner, Monica, lovely lady, uh, grab a baby, get a photo. And he's like, anyway, uh, we're going to have breakfast. See you, mate. This is three minutes. <laughs> Into the conversation. So I've got ready. I've got ready to go. And I know his family pretty well because, you know, I was at his wedding. Uh, I went to his Bucks party and I've just been friends with him for a long time. So it's good to see them all again. I'm like, oh, looking forward to catching up with them all. Anyway, mate, so we're going to have breakfast and jog on. So I just kind of just after three minutes just went, all right. This is it. So I'm like, I, I got my day already around this. I told my brother I couldn't hang out with him because I'm like, oh, I've got to catch up with Ted today. And he's like, oh, no worries. You don't want to come out to this thing with the kids. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I've got to catch up Sunday's with Ted. Sunday's Ted this, day. This will take ages. I'm going to have beers with him all afternoon. So let me get this straight. <laughs> so Ted plans his catch up with you, right? You mm. get to say catch up. When you get there, Ted's got his own family there, which is fine. Yeah. You weren't invited just to sit down and have breakfast. You know what he nope. did? <laughs> this is a double date with a mate. Ted yeah. has essentially stood you up. It's like he wanted to see you, mm-hmm. but you weren't invited to yes. what was actually happening. <laughs> Which was a family catch-up <laughs> with him and his uh, family, and I was not part of the family. There was not no seat there for me. Surely they could have just said, grab a chair and order a bagel. Yeah. Like, you don't or just... I could have just got a beer or maybe a palmy <laughs> by myself and sat at the bar, but instead, like, after three minutes, got the photo, and he's like, anyway, uh, yeah, we'll catch up later. I did see I'm a like, photo of you on Instagram with a really cute baby. So this is yeah. you meeting Ted's baby. You got a photo and then I you got kicked out. and then I got kicked out. <laughs> but that was the weird thing because you just kept on suggesting it. He goes, so we'll have breakfast and then you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point to catch up? But anyway, I ended up going doing the shopping and stuff. And thank God it wasn't like a long way I went to go. Like it was only five minutes down the road. But even then, getting in the car, getting ready, doing like that's a half hour preparation. Totally. And it was also you also think that it's going to be like it dictates your day. So you don't make other plans for your day because you think you've seen your friend you haven't seen ten years. And then then my wife, I got home. She goes, "Geez, that was quick." I'm like, "I've done the shopping. Like I'd I'd been to the shops. I had like three bags of shopping." And I'm like. No, no, I was there for three minutes. She goes, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, because, like, we'd been talking about it all week, too. It was like, oh, I can't wait to catch up. This is hilarious. Talking all things Carlton, the Carlton Football Club and stuff and making jokes. Yeah. About Ange Christa and Kudafidi's <laughs> finally meeting again. And then just all of a sudden, three minutes done. Three minutes, mm. man. I could tell you things that I've done longer that went for three minutes. All right, let's uh, do that talk topic as well. Three minutes. What have you done in three minutes? No, but when have you been stood up? Has this happened to you? Because it's happened uh, to me before. I've had plenty of stand in my time. Mm. There was once uh, I went to Melbourne and I literally was waiting for a mate for probably three hours at the movies and he just didn't turn up to Melbourne. Oh, like, really? Um, yep. So I was waiting for him and I'm just like, oh, you should get here soon. And then, like, I'm calling him, texting him, and I'm like, you should turn up because, like, we had this whole weekend planned and then he just didn't no even show. book flights. It's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> didn't even book flights. So you know the actor, I can't believe I'll say this on air, but you know the actor slash comedian 
Josh Lawson? Yes. Years ago, like I'm talking 2005 maybe, we met each other on MySpace, whatever, we went to have a date. And it's the day of the date. I'm getting ready for the date, right? (gasps) And I don't care, I'm happily married now. This is a long time ago, as if I'm bitter. Anyway, I'm getting ready for the date and he cancelled the date on me. Like 10 minutes before the date, Josh Lawson cancelled the date. I know, right? I only wanted three minutes with him. (laughs) Uh, But 131060, when were you stood up? Kylie from the Eastern Shore, when were you stood up? Well, I used to live in South Australia and my oldest child was waiting to get his tonsils out. Mm. Finally got an appointment, drove four hours to the hospital, organised um, babysitter for my other two kids um, and accommodation to stay for a couple of days after surgery because they wouldn't let us go back out remote, um, et cetera, et cetera. Back to the hospital and said, oh, he's not on the list. Oh. You're kidding me! Uh, we, last, we, we sent a letter last week saying that um, surgery's been cancelled. Doctor's gone on holidays. Oh no! That letter got lost in the mail. So poor kids sitting there waiting, thinking, "I'm oh, getting my tonsils out," and we have to wait another six months. Oh no! <laughs> that is so screwed up. They clearly <laughs> just wanted to go and have a last-minute holiday. The dentist, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I would have taken out his wisdom teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Get new pineapple fritters and pineapple sundae at Macca's. That was the Dan and Christie podcast. Dan and Christie.